Thank you, Brother Brandon. Wonderful old song. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles with me this morning, the book of Ephesians and chapter number 6. The book of Ephesians and chapter number 6 in your Bibles. I have uh, designated February the month of home and family, and um, so I'm going to preach a home and family message to you this morning. And I want to speak on the subject, especially on the subject of children and raising children uh, for the Lord. You know, um, the world in which we live in today is very conditioned to taking kids and teaching them the ways of the world and not the ways of God. And there's a lot of conditioning in our world today. But you know, God has always had timeless principles that will make your life a blessing and make your home and your family grow in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And that's what we want to look at this morning out of Ephesians chapter number six. And so follow along with me, chapter six of Ephesians in verse number one. Notice what the Bible says here. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. But I want you to notice this next phrase. Bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. With that thought, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning as we begin the message. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your word. God, I pray today at this special month that we have of home and family, I pray, God, you take the word and Lord, make it powerful in our own homes and our own families, in our own lives. Lord, may the truths of God come forth today. May they find a lodging place in our minds and in our hearts, but not for our own good and glory, but for your good and for your glory. And God, we'll be careful to thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, um, it has been a blessing, I can say truly been a blessing, to be a father, to be a dad. And it's a blessing to have uh, kids. And now we're at the grandkids stage. Now the great grandkid thing, I'll hold off on that one for a little while, okay? But um, it is a blessing to have a Christian home. It really is. It's a blessing to be a father. It is a blessing. And, And you know what? It's a blessing to know that God has put successful principles in his word that help us raise our kids. And, you know, uh, we live in a time in this day and age when there is a constant bombardment for the mentality of your kids. I want to tell you something. The world, the flesh, and the devil are after your children. They are after your children. They are not passive about it. The world, the flesh, and the devil are seeking whom they may devour. 
And it's no, make no mistake about that. And I say to you today that thankfully we have God's word. Because God's word is the answer for children and raising children. Either you can adapt to the way the world thinks it ought to be done, or you can adapt to what God says needs to be done. And if we follow God's word, I believe our homes and our families are going to be blessed. I believe God's going to bless our homes and our families. You know, sometimes a Christian doesn't, they, they find the Lord later in life. And I thank the Lord for that. But there are sometimes a Christian grows up, but they don't grow up in a Christian home. And you know, they didn't learn a lot of God's principles because they were never in church growing up. And I thank the Lord that my parents knew to take me to church when I was a kid. Amen? They knew to have me in Sunday school. I could tell you all my Sunday school teachers' names. And they could tell you all the trouble I gave them. Amen? But I want to tell you that there is a constant attack on the home and the family today that God's people have to realize and always go to God's principles for those attacks. Amen. The Bible says the devil's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's not passive. He's very active. He is going after our homes and our families today. And I want to tell you something. It is sad to see that old devil win in homes and lives. It's sad. It's sad. And I believe every parent ought to do everything they can to do what God would want them to do in their home and their family, despite our feelings and what we want to. You know, there's many times I have to go against how I feel about something to follow God's principle when it's raising my kids. Amen? And if we'll do that, if we'll follow God's word and we'll not relinquish to our own self-desire sometimes, but do what God wants us to do. Our homes and families are going to be blessed. Amen? You know, when I look into the eyes of my grandkids, they are cute. Amen? They're cute. I love my grandkids. Amen? And, uh, man, they're cuties. But let me tell you something. They're sinners. They're sinners. Isn't the Bible true when it said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God? We're all sinners. And sometimes that halo up there on their little heads is only held up by the horns <laughs> that are under it. Right? You say, oh, some people say, Pastor, you're just too negative. No, I think if you fix the negative, you can have a positive life. So sometimes you got to focus on the negative. Because when you fix it, then you get the positive. Amen? And God has a positive word, but he often has the positive word by fixing the negative. And you know what? God wants us to follow his word on raising our kids and our family. It's possible to raise kids for the Lord in this generation. It's possible to raise future missionaries in this generation. 
It's possible to raise future preacher's wives, preacher, uh, uh, future um, preachers. It's, it's possible in this day and age. You say, why? Because God's word is still with us. And when we get rid of God's word, we eliminate all success in our homes and our families. The source of all blessings in our homes and our families comes directly from the wonderful, amazing word of the living God. And so it's important that we dig into the truths of the word and see them for our homes and our families. And can I tell you what? A successful child, when they're raised, is not just one that grows up and makes a lot of money. That's not a successful thing. If they do, that's fine. And of course, we'd be all for that, right? If they do, that's fine, but I'll tell you what success is. Success is when they honor and glorify God with their life. Amen. That's success. Scripture tells us here in verse number one, children, obey your parents in the Lord. This is right. There's no amens on that point right there. Children, thank you. Amen. Thank you. I got one anyhow. Children, and that was an adult. So that's right. Let's get the kids in here. Amen. Children, obey your parents to the Lord. God gave you mom and dad. Your mom and dad want you to do right and live right. And if you don't obey them, you won't turn out right. Amen. Then he said, verse 2, honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee. <laughs> my dad saw to it, if I didn't honor my mom and dad, it would not be well with me. How many had an old-fashioned dad or an old-fashioned mom? Woo! You know, today, <clears throat> today they say, oh, they tortured me. They tortured me. Oh, quit being a snowflake. Amen? Oh, they beat me. Oh, they, they spanked me. That was abuse. Let me tell you something. You needed a whole lot more than what you got. Amen? Yeah. I had a grandfather like that. He made you go out and cut a willow stick off of the willow tree. Woo, boys. You say, I'm, I'm glad we don't live in the stone ages anymore. <laughs> no. Hey, I want to tell you something. Honor your father and your mother. I've heard kids make this uh, wrong statement before. Well, my mom and dad aren't perfect. That doesn't give you any right to not honor them. Amen? Maybe your mom and dad aren't even a Christian, but if you honor them, don't you think that might help them become a Christian? Honor your parents. And by the way, especially if you have parents that want to serve the Lord in church, let me tell you something, you ought to honor them. Amen? Honor them. Honor thy father and thy mother, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. How many of you want to live long on the earth? 
I do. Amen? I want to live long on this earth. But when it's all over, we get to go to heaven. So that's a double blessing. See, being a Christian is a win-win situation. Amen? Winner, winner. Chicken dinner. So God's saying here, honor your father and mother in life. You know, I, I get so sick of young people growing up and they cut off communication with their parents. Shame on you if you do that. You don't understand this, but your parents, as they grow older, they need you. They need you. You needed them while you were young, so they need you when they get older. Amen. And so we need to honor our parents. You say, well, my dad's an old fuddy-duddy. You ought to thank the Lord for him. Amen. He could be a little snowflake. He could be, you know, let you get by with all kinds of things. You said, man, my dad, my dad used to spank me. You ought to be thankful for that because many times those things curbed you from doing that wrong behavior again. Amen? And don't grow up and become bitter. My parents were so mean to me. I'm not going to call them. You better be careful because when you get old and need your children, they may have the same mentality as you do. Amen. So it, it's important to honor. Honor our father and mothers. When your dad does, let me tell you something, kids. When your dad works, your mom work. They come home tired. They come home beat. You know why? Because they're paying your bills. Amen. They're paying your bills. They're taking care of you. That pillow you sleep on, you didn't pay for that thing. That bed, mm -mm, you didn't pay for that thing either. Those parents, that food on your table, if, if you paid for that, you'd be eating potato chips the rest of your life. If that. Listen, we've got a generation today that somehow seems it's okay to not honor your parents. And I say to you, that is not God's plan for you. Honor them. I realize when you get out and you get married, you establish your own home. And by the way, uh, mother-in-law, stay out of their business. Amen? Do I need to say that again? Maybe I'll get a few more amens on that one. Stay out. And father-in-laws can do it too. Stay away. Stay out of their business. They, that's their home. And by the way, it's, <laughs> you better hope you've raised them right by that point. Right? But by the way, when you get out and you establish your own home, you start raising your own kids, I'm going to tell you something. 
They need to be in church under the word of God. And yeah, under that paddle sometimes too. You say, oh, well, we just have a different form of raising our children. Well, I'm going to tell you something. A lot of people are going to a lot of strange, weird stuff. <laughs> but you know, God has the true pattern that works right. See, God, God made us so he knows us. And that's why he put in his word the remedies. And he knew what sin did to us in the Garden of Eden that was passed down from Adam. And so God said, oh, those people need the word. And so God gave us the word. Honor thy father and mother. Verse 4, you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Dads, don't be a provoker of your children. Amen? Don't provoke them, but bring them up. And that's what I want to get to. We're supposed to be bringing them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Notice the word up. If we bring them up, then what is the world doing to them? Bringing them down. So we're, our job is to bring them up, but, but by a certain method, right? The nurture an admonition of the Lord. See, the Lord is a nurturer to our children. You see, I, I know what it's like to be in church and have to sit still. My, my, my mother got me in church when I was a little, made me sit there and sit still, be quiet. Don't you get up and go running around during church, some lost soul might see that. We made our kids go to the bathroom before church starts. Amen? So they're not running around distracting everybody during the preaching. Because God wants them to hear the word of God. And so we made them go to the bathroom. And there are many times when they'd sit there in church, I gotta go, I gotta go, go to the bathroom. And their mother's like, no, you sit there. And so they're sitting there. That's good for them. I said, that's good for them. Amen. You see, a kid without discipline is like a football game without any boundaries. Imagine playing a football game with See, the goal of, of winning a football game is to be able to do it within the rules and the boundaries, right? That's what makes the success. And that's what makes the success in a home and a family is being able to do it within God's rules and God's boundaries. So we got to know the boundaries, we got to know the rules. So God's saying here, bring them up. They need the nurture and the admonition. Of the Lord. You know, that's what the Sunday school teacher does. The Sunday school teacher is the admonisher. That's what the preacher does. And by the way, parents, you need that help in your home. You need someone else to say what you're saying to your kids in the home. Amen? I mean, when you bring them to Sunday school and the Sunday school teacher says the same thing that you tell them to do, and then they come to the church service and the preacher tells them the same thing that you're telling them to do in the home, they don't have a chance. And they don't 
Yeah. They don't, have not, they don't have a chance. We're ganging up on them. Amen. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> now, hear me. We're to raise them up in the near term of the adoration of the Lord. So let me give you some thoughts today. Number one, to raise kids in this day and age, they need a large amount of the Bible and a lesser amount of the world. A larger amount of the Bible. Is the Bible in your home? If not, put it in. Have that devotion time. Have verses on the wall. Spend time with the Lord yourself. Let your kids know you read that Bible. Let them see you know. Let them see you praying. Amen. We need that. That's nurturing. That's nurturing them in the Lord. The old world will always influence them. That dumb phone will tell them to identify yourself whatever you want to identify yourself as. <laughs> it's like the one guy says, I identify myself as a stockbroker and I'm going to take all your money. <laughs> you know, this world has a lot of crazy ideas. They don't need that. They need less of that stuff and they need more of the Bible in the home. Read verses to them. Just read scripture. Have a devotion time. Spend time with them. They need that. Number two, they, they need a larger amount of involvement in the church and less involvement in worldly activities. Amen. You know, um, hey, it's good to get a young person up to church and mow the lawn. Amen. Teach them to mow the lawn, pick weeds. You know, do things at church. Have activities for church. And by the way, if they make a mistake or home or disobey you, don't keep them, don't punish them by not letting them go to church activities because the church activities will help them. Amen? Punish them in some other way. Take the remote away. Take the phone away. They just think their life has ended. No phone. What do I do, preacher? What do I do? You just might live. You might make. Half the people in this church grew up without a phone. How did you make it? How did that happen? So, hey, we need a larger amount of involvement in the church. Get your kid in church. Get them involved in it. We used to even tell them, you gotta go, you're going to the teen activities. And if there was some other thing going on, the teen activity took priority. You know why? Because I wanted them to be under the word. And by the way, at teen activities, they're going to also get the word. See? And, and so I'm saying to you, make it a priority. More involvement in church, less involvement in worldly activities. You know what? They need Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night preaching. You know why? It's food for them. You say, well, we kind of go once a week or hit or miss. Hey, 
Would you hit or miss your meals this week? My preacher, you're getting personal now. Would you hit and miss meals? Would you eat one meal this week? No, but we do it spiritually. We do it spiritually. And then, and then we, we wonder why we can't be strong in the Lord and raise it because we need more Bible. We need more church. We need more activities going on. We need to be a part of things going on, ladies' meetings or what, whatever's going on, missions conference, a revival. Preacher calls it revival. Hey, be a part of that. Those are our purpose. There's a plan there. This is to help our families. See, they need to be nurtured and admonished in the Lord. Boy, the world will sure teach them their ways fast. Social media will influence them in, in ways that change, change their life for the bad. And sometimes I find a parent that's really frustrated. What do I do? Um, what do I do? And sometimes it's, it's too late. The influence of the world has gotten in their brain and in their mind, and they think it's wonderful, but they have not faced yet the consequences of that yet. So I say to you today, get them young. Get them in church early. Vacation Bible school. Amen? Get them in there. Teach them to go out Saturday and bring other kids to church. We need more activity, less worldly activity. Number, number four, we need a larger amount of godly example and a lesser amount of worldly example. Amen? Um, I know a young man, years ago, I went in his bedroom, and all the posters, this is back when posters were popular, I don't know if they're popular or not, but you went in his room, and all the posters on the wall told you what he was into, and it wasn't good. And by the way, his life ended up in big trouble. What kind of influences are influencing your, your kids. Who? Who is influencing your kids? Because Scripture even teaches this point of who did hinder you that you should obey the truth. I don't know about you, but I didn't raise them as lambs to send them to wolves. Amen? I raised them as lambs to give them to the good shepherd. Amen? The good shepherd. And moms and dads, see, we have to realize something. Our children are really not ours. God's given us the responsibility to raise them in the nurture and the admission of the Lord, but they really do belong to God because he gave them to us. And we've got to live our lives as an example, giving them back to God. So we need that. We need a larger amount of godly example and a lesser amount of worldly examples. You know, if a child doesn't have a good example, how do they know what pattern to follow? They need that. Number five, we need a larger amount of love and unity and a less amount of self-will and division. We need a larger amount of love and unity in our homes and a less amount of self-will and division in the homes. You know what? Don't ever use the word divorce. 
Don't ever use the word. Now, I realize sometimes there's some real issues. I get it. I understand. But let me tell you something. Don't go get a divorce because they don't do what you want them to do. <laughs> let me tell you something. You put a man with, who lived in a completely different home together with a woman who's grown up in a completely different home they both have different ways of thinking about things. Amen? You know, uh, I don't know why men, us men, we need a lot of tools. And the women need a lot of shoes. Amen? Some of that I can't figure out. You know, like the man, like the man who blew the tire and the, the man said, um, ah, blew the tire. And what a man does, he gets out and kicks the tire. The woman says, let's go find the man who sold you the tire. <laughs> Amen? You kind of think differently. But let me tell you something. What unites a home in serving is the Lord and his word. And when a husband and a wife are on the same page of the word, and they agree and have a love for God there, there'd be less division, less strife. And by the way, there'd be less divorce. Less divorce in our world. You won't always agree in your home and your marriage. I promise you. If I see something black, my wife, or if I see something red, sometimes my wife sees it as blue. If she sees it as red, sometimes I see it as blue. But we've been married for 35, coming up to 35 years. Amen. Haven't, haven't killed each other yet. She's wanted to a few times. <laughs> Amen. She wanted to a few times. Just being honest, right? But see, I, I say to you, let's put more love and unity in our home. That's the word of God. The word of God is the love and the unity in our home. And less self-will and division. Number five, kids need a larger amount of joy and a less amount of negativity. Put some joy in your home. A problem arises. Why don't you say, you know what? The Lord will take care of that for us. We're going to just trust the Lord. Every problem in your home is an opportunity to point a child to the Lord. It's an opportunity to bring them up in nurture and admonition of the Lord. When trouble comes to the home, it's an opportunity to teach them. And when God sends the answer through the trouble, which he does. When God sends the answer to that trouble, it's an opportunity to remind our children that God is good and that God will take care of you. See, I believe this. If you have a lot of love and security in a home, that child's not going to want to go to the, the world because the world's full of insecurity up and down. But when they always know where security and love is, they're going to want to be there. They're going to like that. Because this old world, Bible even tells us, in the world you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So in raising our children, we need a larger amount of joy. Just be happy. Amen? Don't complain about the boss to your children. Don't complain about your husband or your wife to your children. 
Don't put negativity in them. Amen. You said, preacher, thought you were preaching on kids and you're preaching to us adults. Number six. I'm sorry, number seven. We need a larger amount of strength of our convictions and a lesser amount of weakness in how we live our everyday life. We need just more strength about convictions. We just need to be strong and steady and stable Christians about what we believe and what's right. We just need that steadiness, that consistency. Well, there's nothing better for a child than they, they just get some consistency, strength of our standards. You know, we believe in modesty. We raise our girls wearing dresses and skirts. They wore dresses and skirts everywhere they went. Why? Because principle in the Bible, modesty. And we're going to stick with that. Amen. I'm not mad at anybody who doesn't follow it. I just believe it's good and right because it's in the word of God. And uh, if they ever wanted to wear something a little short or a little tight or a little low cut, Amen. sorry, go back, put something else on. And really, I think the Lord, our girls didn't fight us about any of that kind of stuff. See, and I'm thankful they didn't. I'm thankful they weren't divas. We don't want to raise them divas. Amen? Amen? Divas are expensive. <laughs> Amen? So, we need a larger amount of strength in our convictions. Do you have any convictions? Has God ever done anything in your life that's solid and true? Why don't you work that out? in your Christian life, in your home, in your family. Why don't you transfer that to the next generation? You know, um, some people will criticize a Christian and say, oh, you're just pushing your convictions off on your own children. Well, what are you, what are you pushing off on them? Social media? Billie Eilish? Junk, junk that this world is? What are you pushing off on them? Oh, I don't want to push them. I don't want to push them toward God. I, you know? But here you go. Here's your phone. See, sometimes we get mixed up. And by the way, I grew up church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night since I was a little one. And I have no bitterness about that at all. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that my dad and mom got me under the word. I'm thankful for that. So I say to you today, um, we need a larger amount of strength of our convictions and a lesser amount of the everyday life that we live. Let's be strong. Let's show them truth. I don't mean be overbearing. I don't mean be hard-headed or hard-nosed. Amen? I don't mean abuse or treating some a child in a wrong I don't mean that at all and by the way the world will tell you that if you have strong convictions that that's what you are they'll paint that picture and it's so skewed because true love even the Bible says whom the Lord loveth he chasteneth he chastens them I'm thankful every time God chastened me in my life 
I'm, I'm glad I'm behind a pulpit instead of in a prison. So live out your convictions. It's okay to pass on what you believe to your children. Well, that's what I believe, but when they grow up, they can have their own ideas. Why do you think God gave them to you? Amen? God gave them to you to put in them what he put in you. Amen. Next point. We need a larger amount of service, faithfulness, and integrity in our lives and our homes. We need more of that. We need more of that. More serving the Lord. More serving the Lord. My sister passed away. She was 68 years old. She passed away from complications to diabetes. And a man gave it a testimony of her in the funeral service yesterday. And he said that my sister was a postal carrier. She had a little, the little white postal truck. She did that for 20 years and she gave her route to another man in the church. I guess it was a good route. Gave it to him. And that route was on where her house was located. And he said, I'll never forget the times when I would go by and put the mail in her box and she would leave a plate of cookies in my mailbox because she knew it was me delivering the mail. You say, oh, that's a little thing. You never, be listen, the more serving others we can do, the more we're raising our kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You know? Because what her kids saw was a mother that was selfless, thinking of others, and thoughtful to other people. And that made a difference in her kids' life by serving, by serving. I say thank God for the ushers in this church. Thank God for your serving. Thank God for the soul winners who come on Saturday. Thank God for those who drive that van every week, faithful. Thank God for people who serve because serving ultimately amounts to others being blessed and stronger in the Lord. Service. Can I lastly say this? We need a lot more stability and leadership in our homes and a lot less pointless living and pointless activity. Amen? Now, from my sermon, you might think I don't believe in having fun. You're wrong. I believe in having fun together as a family. Sometimes we'll go out when our kids were raised and we'd eat pizza and bowling or go to some fun thing, activities, family. You know, keep the family knit together. Those are good things. We, we had fun. And by the way, I think fun is an important ingredient in your home. Amen? You, want, you do want to have a little bit of fun in your home, in your life. But oftentimes, what we do is, that's all we live for, is fun. There's no stability. There's no leading in the home. It's what everybody feels like doing. And you know what? I think of that admonition in verse 4. To fathers here, he says, and ye fathers, it's specifically directed to us fathers. 
Provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admission of the Lord. And I believe when us dads have that leadership, we want to lead our home. See, God put that in us, men, to lead, to lead that home. When you know what's right, do it and allow your family to be the leader in that home. That's a blessing. Amen? The typical home today is the kids listen to the dogs and mom listens to the kids and dad listens to mom. We got a bunch of pets running our homes. Leadership. We need, we need men that faithfully, lovingly, dedicatedly, with conviction, with a truth in their heart, say, I'm going to go against the grain of this world. You know, I've noticed this about a live fish. A live fish is always going upstream. They're always pointing upstream. It's, it's a dead fish that always floats with the current. In our world today, we've got to always be fighting against the current. We're alive in the Lord. But we're heading somewhere. We're heading to the place where we want to be with our homes and our families. Even the best of homes and families are going to have difficulties, faults, failures, financial problems, personal difficulties to overcome. But I say to you today, the nurture and the admonition of the Lord is what our kids need. They need the Lord. In everything they do in life. You say, preacher, how can the Lord help everything? You know, homework? <laughs> I didn't like my homework when I was a kid. I hated math. And all God's people said, amen. I hated math. I hated algebra. I had to learn it. Calculus, that's some distant planet way out there in the solar system somewhere. You know? I didn't like it. But I did it. I had to teach deaf students algebra one year. 2x 2x times 4x equals what? They look at they say, x? That's a letter, not a number. I know you have to find what it means. The number, uh, the letter has to become a number. How do you do that? I'm telling you now how to do that. You know? The concept, especially when they didn't know it, but I hated algebra myself. But you know what? Life isn't about just doing whatever we feel like doing. It's about doing right so that our kids can not only see that pattern, but they can be raised to do right and live for God. They'll be blessed in their life. Children are a heritage of the Lord, the Bible says. They are a gift from God. They are God's, like the little plants. The Bible equates them in Psalms to like olive plants that grow up in this garden. And we have to feed them, water them. We want to see them grow up and become strong and produce those olives on their own in life. And so God's encouraging us. He's teaching us. Raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord.
Add to your home larger amounts of what God would want you to add. And take away and add lesser amounts to the things that are, we find around us so that God can be honored and our homes can be blessed and happy. Oh, let's make that kind of home. It's made, isn't it? It's not just happens. It's made. It's produced. It's brought about by the Word of God in our lives. May I tell you what? That's what we need today. We need the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Is that in your home? Let's let God put it in our home. Amen? Let's let God put His truths into our hearts and our homes for good and for His glory. Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning.